0: Hello and welcome to Words of a Rescue podcast. I am your host, Tom, and join us always, my co host, Henry. Henry, say hello to the punters. Hello, this is a complete wrong <laughs> reversal from everything i expected. <laughs> now, Tom, which
1: episode are we on? We're on episode 23. Oh, well done. You've remembered from what I said two minutes ago. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, I was quite, quite taken aback. Suddenly, my my introduction was taken away from hijacked. me. Hijacked. I was hijacked. hijacked to you hijacked my
0: introduction. <laughs> keep you on your toes these expects i'm unpredictable today unpredictable well let's
1: see if you become any more unpredictable once we get some whiskey into you so to tom yes as you have provided the whiskies, whiskeys most importantly plural for today
0: would you like to do the introduction yes so when i was in devon i want to say devon i think i'm in devon please correct me if i'm wrong um, I did not know, I was yeah. Um there. I uh, picked up some whiskey taster little bottles from the Dartmoor uh, whiskey distillery. So, correct me if I'm wrong, you didn't actually go to the distillery? They no, I didn't. just the you found? Well, Dartmoor's very big, and I couldn't be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised. Yeah, I thought you'd, you'd relish the opportunity to go to a distillery. Yeah, it was... Uh, I could go and do that. I could stay at home and play Pokemon Platinum, so I decided to do that instead. <laughs> anyway... Um, Man with his priorities. Indeed. Um, so I picked up some little taster bottles, including the Ex-Bourbon Cask Whiskey, the Ex-Bordeaux Cask Whiskey, and the Ex-Coloroso Sherry Cask Whiskey. O- Oloroso. Sorry? Oloroso, not Caloroso. No, okay, I, I bet glasses for a reason. I couldn't read
1: that from here. <laughs> Now this is this is quite interesting because this is our first English whiskey that we are having on the oh, podcast. Oh, not on that Cotswolds one you've talked
0: about. No, I've talked
1: about it to you outside of the podcast before, but oh. I've had it. You haven't. But oh. that that was the first English whiskey I had. But this is the first English whiskey that we're going to be trying on the podcast. I think it might be the first English whiskey I've had. Yeah, so we've uh, we've
0: had Scotch, we've had Irish, we've had bourbon, bourbon. But we're we've had a cross between Scotch and Irish. Which one was that? Connemara. That only because it was peated. I'm only saying that because it was peated. Yeah, but that was an Irish whiskey. It yeah. wasn't. Um, <laughs> <it's romantic>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but So we'll ha- we have had English, Irish, Scottish. So ne- we'll have to do a Welsh one in the future. So now, I've that done that Welsh one, one. I've done We've we, we, we both tried a Welsh one, but we haven't done it on the podcast yet. So once we do a Welsh whiskey on the podcast, we'll have completed the whole of the UK. But let's tuck in... So I'm suggesting we start with the bourbon cask first Ooh. of all, but before we what, what do you mean before? Cre- before we get onto the whiskey, I want the whiskey. I'm going to change it up a bit again. Oh, I oh, this, do- to- this is events. I'm going to do the trivia before we do the whiskey.
0: Okay, okay.
1: So Tom, as you might know from previous trivia, uh, the main ingredients of whiskey are water, yeast, and barley. Of course, mm-hmm. can be other grains, but for malted whiskey, it is malted barley. So my bit of trivia today is that there are over 300,000 varieties of barley in the world. But only a few are suitable for malt whiskey production. Do not maybe name them. Uh, I I couldn't name them. I don't know them. I don't actually know how many of the few there are. I'll be interested to find out. I'll have to report back to you on that. But I'm surprised, I never knew there were 300,000 varieties of barley. I've never cared enough to know how no, many varieties of barley there are. No, but I am curious now as to finding out what uh, what varieties are actually suitable for
0: whiskey production. So
1: maybe I'll have to report back on a future podcast. There you go, that's your little bit of whiskey trivia. Oh, thank
0: God, I didn't have to answer a question. No, I saved that for the end of the year. So oh, God! Take, take note. Right. Let's I us hire an assistant. <laughs> Getting an understudy. <laughs> there was away in the corner. Getting an understudy. <laughs> <laughs> Whiskey podcast to understudy. Uh, to be fair, I think people would be happy to have that job. Oh, can I smell? Can I smell? I'll pour you something into a oh, glass. Yes, please do. All right, let's see. Using the lovely Glen Cairn glass.
1: Is Indeed. Perfect. Okay. So this is the Dartmoor Whiskey ex-bourbon cask. Ooh. It's interesting because I'll post um, some pictures onto our Instagram, but the, this one is a much... Much lighter a, colour, much isn't lighter, it? lighter sort of yellowy... I'd say it almost gold- like cider in colour. Yeah, it's a much lighter colour in comparison to the other two we have, though. The other
0: two are these bu- this beautiful amber colour. Yes. This one is sort of like... I'm um, sure it's lovely, but it looks piss-coloured, I'm afraid. <laughs> really selling it, Tom. Really selling it. But um, yeah.
1: I don't sell this, i just review it. Ooh, that smells good. Very sort of honeyed on the nose, I'd say. Yeah. Maybe a bit of butterscotch. Uh, smells quite strong. <laughs> <laughs> Just sticking your nose too far into the glass. Mm, smells nice. It does. Um, very sort of soft and a bit fruity as well.
0: Yes, fruity. I'm getting fruity. Yeah. Right. Well, cheers, Tom. Cheers, Henry. Mm. Oh, That's nice. That is good. That's nice. Very sweet aftertaste. Hmm. I think you can definitely
1: get the ex-bourbon cask influence and those sort of like, sort of very sweet, bit oaky. Yeah, slightly floral. It's a bit hints of, um, a bit of vanilla, I'd say, as well. Particularly yeah, no, lingering on that. the tongue. Yeah. It's, um, very, quite warming on its way down as well. Mm, smells delightful and tastes,
0: tastes great. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. That's very good. Oh. <laughs> I would happily have a bottle of like that yeah me too I was like let me a bottle of this
1: where's yeah. the rest where's the rest well we're, we're drinking <laughs> <yeah>. so <laughs> so there's, not a, there's a little smidge left there you go oh thank you very much might be a few drops <laughs> literally a few, <laughs> few droplets waste not want
0: not indeed indeed mm. that is mm, that is really quite nice I hope it's the awesome other two live up to this one mm.
1: that's the thing I've had I've never had a um, wine cask Whisky before like an ex-wine cast so Sherry as well I've, I've had a have had ex-orderoso um, or an I've had a orderoso matured whiskey before and it was absolutely phenomenal it was a Deanston I think it was a 23 year old You are a Deanston fairboy. I, I do I did did like it when I particularly when I got to go to the distillery it was great but it was it was one I tried at the distillery it was 23 year old orderoso cast finish and was it amazing? <laughs> they, you could, you didn't even have to try. That was could literally luxuriate in the smell of it alone, but then the taste was phenomenal. I say I had a tiny little bit left from, because I when I went up, I did two of the tours in the same day. I did the warehouse
0: tour and then I did the special. Your family's glad dropped you off and left you there for the day. Yeah, didn't they did they? pretty much. <laughs> yeah,
1: um, but then I did the special whiskeys tour as well, and because I'd already done the tour in the morning, I couldn't finish all the whiskies I had in the afternoon so I I kept some in like some little bottles so I saved the um, Olo, Olo Rosso cask one for New Year's Eve so I, had, I finished off the last of that on New Year's Eve which I think I, I think I put up on our Instagram I think page you did literally. I think yeah. you did and it was so I've never seen it like you not finished it yet no it was it I, I had kept it in mind to save it to see the New Year written and it was it was worth it We'll have to see how this year pans out compared to the previous two, but the whiskey was a good way to see <laughs> to see the year in. But oh, yes, this is very
0: nice indeed. Well, Tom, been a little while since I've seen you. What have you been reading? Well, um, cause I couldn't believe really, it's been so long. I couldn't remember our last episode. It was a highlight one. That's right. So, so- which I apologise
1: has taken me a while to edit. So I will have probably only have just released that before this episode comes out because january has flown by i mean we are currently almost we're already a third of the way through february at the point of recording this and i'd say almost half well, it's the 11th the day so yeah almost yeah. half yeah but yeah january was particularly busy for myself and it, unfortunately the editing process got put on the back burner <laughs> so yes i apologize that and to our listeners for that but yeah it's been quite a while since we've done
0: another podcast. But yeah, so, sorry, you were saying, what? what how had you been reading? Oh, um, so I read the next book in the series I've been reading, which is the Anita Blake Vampire Hunters series by Laurel K. Hamilton. Um, and I've reached the point where I've been told the series digresses from the supernatural, the raw mystery horror that it was that I loved into... I say supernatural romance, but doesn't really do the graphic nature <laughs> of the <clears throat> romance much credit. I see. So I think I'll spare yourself, Henry, and our listeners too many details. I'd, I'd like to sleep tonight, yes. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, there's nothing horror- horrific about it. I genre not know, they could
1: possibly combine the horror with the... Uh, other aspect and it could be quite frightening I'm sure.
0: I think it'd just be silly to be honest Probably <laughs> But let's just say I was nowhere near as satisfied with this book as other entries in the series It says nothing to say that the other entries in the series are not worth a read The character of Nita Blake is fascinating. Unfortunately I um, kind of just divulged or diverted from what drew you into the series originally Exactly, exactly so, yeah, what actually happened wasn't to my taste, which is not to say it's not to someone else's taste, but you're right, it wasn't exactly what I was used to. And books should evolve, evolve as, the, as the series progresses, that's very true, the Dresden Files series, which is inspired by the Anita Blake series, does evolve, and evolves as something brilliant. This one is not, in my opinion, evolved it into anything... It evolved qu- in a way, unexpectedly... No, I can see this haven't come in for a while, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Isn't it...
1: Um, It's quite a long series, isn't it? What, what oh, in- yeah. What entry
0: into the series is this? What number? I am uh, i don't know. About seven or eight. Maybe more. Maybe even nine. But there's about 20 in the series. Why well, me? I? Mean, I'm not mm-hmm. going to read through 20 more books of this.
1: You aren't? Has it put you off the rest of the series, then? For
0: a good long while, it will,
1: yeah. So you will touch... To go back to maybe in the future
0: uh, but I think I, it will have to you, be skim reading some of it you, you need a break I need a break you yes a break. a break massively mm-hmm. I also read Sandman Slim by um, bear with me one second while I make sure I now, get was the this author's the name collaboration
1: right? between Slim Shady and Neil
0: Gaiman Sandman at huh? all by any chance quite right. possibly By so it's by Richard Cadry um, Sandman Slim is about uh, a person who is sent to hell mm-hmm. spent some time there fighting in, in, in an arena with demons and he's so good at it that he's sent back to earth as a hitman this is about what he gets up to and oh my god the cynicism Wait, are, you <laughs> the, sure, are you sure this guy's not called Doomguy sound, <laughs> it sounds a bit like the backstory of Doom Guy. imagine Doomguy if he A. didn't have his armour B. loved Jack Daniels and cigarettes and C. was just really really cynical Fair enough. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I enjoyed it. It was it was really good. It was weary, wearying from from all the cynicism, but it was a really good book. Is it a standalone or is it part? It's, it's the start of a series, and I can definitely see myself reading more about what happens to this character. Or I I was left a little bit confused as to how someone could do so well fighting in hell will suddenly struggle so much in fights up on earth. Mm. was a bit like sorry you can defeat these thugs but apart from that
1: so where does the story sort of take it not to go too spoilery so he gets into hell does well in these arenas he's sent back to earth as a hitman where does it kind
0: of go from there so he wants revenge on the people who sent him to hell in the first place so he um, goes after them but like most good revenge stories it doesn't go quite the way he planned I see
1: sounds interesting we Will you be more inclined to carry on with this series than say that you need to? Yes,
0: I am auditioning for a new fantasy, <laughs> uh, urban fantasy series to fill. The, so originally, Harry Dr- the Dresden Files filled the hole left by the lovely Pleasant right, before the, they rebooted it. And now that ha- I've read all the Dresden Files books that are out at the moment, I needed something to replace the hole left by that. <laughs> <laughs> but they need to Blake books filled. But now that they've ended prematurely, so let me say. Again, pun intended. Um, <laughs> I need something new to replace that. So what's the what's the next um what's the next one called? In the Sandman Slim series? Yeah. I don't I, off the top of my head I couldn't say. So is the first book I called, called think of Sandman Slim. It's called Sandman Slim and the next book's called something like a low from hell or something.
1: So what's the um, sort of character like in a way? Is he is he likable or is he a bit distinct? 'Ca Because he, if he's a character who got sent to hell you can imagine he's not the nice,
0: most pleasant. So
1: imagine
0: Harry Dresden, mm-hmm. but obviously much smaller, but obviously like normal size, not the six foot five or whatever ridiculous height Dresden is. Yeah. Um, imagine someone, uh, so obviously slim, not average height and much meaner, much more ruthless, much more cynical. Like Harry Dresden wants to, he wants, he wants to do the right thing. This guy just wants to get back to his bar and have another shot at Jack Daniels. And do mm. not get in between him and that bar.
1: So don't get in between you and your
0: whiskey. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think I get on well with Sam Aslam. He's also known as Jimmy.
1: What about the um, the rest of the characters in it? Do, or is it mostly focused on him? Or is it like a good?
0: There's some, there, there's awesome a colourful cast. cast of characters ranging from a 400 year old French magician to an American teenager. That's quite the range of characters. <laughs> yeah, that is quite. <laughs> That's
1: quite four hundred old French magician and I'm a teenager.
0: Oh, did I mention Lucifer Morningstar? No, you didn't. Well, you can imagine he probably turns up. Yeah, I imagine a connection to hell. The ever. scenes of him in are pretty good.
1: I was talking to someone the other day and going on about how lots of people are calling their children Lucifer after the show. So, be, have you seen the show? And I
0: haven't, but I've heard it's I really have. good. I, it is really good, actually. I, I highly, I do highly recommend this show. Tom Ellis, the guy who plays Lucifer. Nails it. Yeah, I've, it's like he was born. Sometimes he wants something, and the characters are like born to play that role. Like Matt Lucas when he played Toad in the um, adaptation of *Wendell the or he was perfect at that. Um, that's a very niche. I, I, slightly sorry, weird. I just remember my primary school teacher telling me, "Oh, he's born to play that role. He's brilliant." I'm like, "Okay, Mr. Bowman." Anyway,
1: that's a very
0: niche <laughs> character
1: <laughs> to pick out there. But no I, I get I get what you mean. I've seen clips of him. I haven't seen the show but I've seen clips and you're right he plays the character really well. It's um there's something. There's p- people been naming their newborns Lucifer. And they're saying like don't think they realize the connotations of that. Yeah. Name. It literally means the devil. And apparently it's become a very popular name. It's just like, I, okay, I understand people might not have read the Bible, but they, do they not know what their <laughs> name means or where that lame name comes from? And well, if,
0: did, you remember, did you remember hearing about people calling their the child Daenerys? Yes.
1: <laughs> it was like, yeah, da- Daenerys and... Um, there was... Um, this is one of your favourite favorite, your favorite games. There was a kid called... They they named their child Doverkin after the oh, Dragon no. Ball. But they got... um free lifetime supply of Bethesda games for yeah, the kid well, <laughs> Tom, Tom was thinking about his future spawn just, just how difficult is it to change your name <laughs> the only thing to change your name they called their kid Doverkin and sent sent pictures to Bethesda and they said oh yeah he can have free Bethesda games for life and they like the result <laughs> <laughs> the parents knew exactly what they were doing there Anyway, back to back to book. So it sounds like quite a colourful cast of characters again.
0: Yeah, yes, yes it was. Yeah, so I highly recommend that. Then the other book I read this month was a book I believe you've also read, Henry, which is Clariel by Garth Nix.
1: Yes, it's been, it was quite a few years ago that I read it. But um, yeah, I, growing up, absolutely
0: loved... Loved the Old Kingdom series. Yeah, Yeah. the Sabriel, Liriel... Awesome, yeah, that's that the old kingdom, yeah, stories. Then it was the um keys to the kingdom series,
1: the <laughs> <laughs> they, they were really good, but also kind of very
0: strange at the same time. That's what I liked about them. I'd never read any books quite like these books. No, I loved how different and zany and out there. I, I've heard of a um genre lately called within fantasy called the new weird, and a good example would be um Court of the Air. By Stephen Hunt. So I keep bringing up so I know how much you hate it. But also... Um, Don't uh, hate it, I just didn't enjoy it. Perdido Street Station by China Myville. I can't say I've heard of it. I'm really sorry if I got China Myville's surname wrong there. I'll look at the blurb in a second, it's up there on my shelf. Um, but I really enjoyed it. It's, it's very strange. In this city that's got a sort of um, a World War I level of technology and culture and the city, there's humans obviously but there's also cactus people there's also people with scarab beetles for heads. There's also um, giant bird people. All sorts of these interesting races. And they all coexist in this really well-thought-out city.
1: For the for the audience, I'm nodding slightly sceptically at this, because <laughs> if any of you listened to the previous, episode, previous episodes where we talked about Court of the Air... I found it a bit difficult to get around all the different races when at first I had no inclination that there was anyone but humans and then suddenly there were crab people and
0: <laughs> yes, this robot people. Okay, okay. <laughs> this book does sort of introduce them much better. That's, so for example, <laughs> in a chapter where the cactus people are going to be become more relevant, there will be a paragraph at the beginning of the chapter explaining where, you know, more about them. Yeah. And they will have appeared in minor roles before this uh, but not in a shocking oh by the way this is a crab person it'll be a oh over there I saw a, a cactus person okay and I'm used to that and then later on it'll be like yes, yeah, so the cactus people blah, blah 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 I forget what they're actually called I think they're called cact- cact- Cacticae or something sounds <laughs> like a Pokemon <laughs> it does sound doesn't it evolves into Cactin <laughs> now
1: that is a Pokemon <laughs>
0: that is a Pokemon
1: so, sorry where, where were we were talking about golf next weren't we <laughs> it's going back Trying to get back on track. Yeah, so... Yes, because I've I read the... Lo- I haven't read any of his books for a while. I think Clariel was actually
0: the last Ooh. book of his I did read. So this is one... Back. This is a book Garth Nix wrote in 2019. Oh, yes. You've called ta- Angel Mage. You've talked about this one before. Which I highly recommend. I think you've had you've had it on... We've discussed it
1: on the podcast before, I'm pretty sure. Must have. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think Clariel was the last, last one of his that I read... Because it's um prequel, isn't it? To, it is a prequel, to yeah. In the um, Old Kingdom series. Because there's a, a character or um, antagonist who shows up in that. We don't really find out too much about the uh, right. hint on it in the Old Kingdom series. But going to this prequel in Clariel, be kind of, they begin to unveil her backstory a bit more and her connection to the main character. Yeah. And... Yeah, it was, it was interesting, but it, I don't think... There must have been... Because I remember finishing it, and it felt like there was more. I think there must have been another one released since. Um,
0: they released a, another book, a sequel to Abhorson. Which was Golden Hand. Golden something. Hand, yeah.
1: But I feel like there should, be, should have been another one after and, Clariel. One One second.
0: Oh, no, it's just... He wrote another... Sequel, uh, prequel. Prequel. But I completely don't think different. Completely different. Yeah. Not the same characters at all. No. Because I, I do remember enjoying Clariel, but it kind of. It didn't really lead. Sorry. It didn't really lead anywhere. And it didn't. So I've talked about promises a lot from writers on this podcast. About how, as a writer, you, you can make a promise, and if you deliver on that promise, people will enjoy your book. But if you make a promise with and don't deliver, then people won't probably won't enjoy your book. Um, or if you take too long to uphold that promise, then people won't enjoy your book. And you can actually make promises by mistake. But I found Carol didn't make any promises at all. <laughs> I just sort of like was reading it and oh nothing's happened. Oh nothing's happened. Oh nothing's happened. Oh my god violence.
1: Yeah, it took. I'm I'm trying to stretch my memory back a bit. I remember it did take a bit of a build up, and then there was it suddenly kind of took off in a way after a little while. And it was enjoyable. Um, I think you mentioned it briefly me before. You found it a bit slow-paced. Yes,
0: that's what I mean. So previously, when I've said I've found something slow-paced, it's because it took a book ages to fulfil a promise that it made. But in this, I don't feel like it made
1: any promises at all. That's the thing. I think the way it ended, it's almost... It, it was, did leave it open for more. It left it open for more, and we have yet to have gotten that. So maybe if there is another one to come, it'll expand it a bit more and sort of
0: kind of tie
1: it together a bit more.
0: Yeah. But I have to admit, I love this world.
1: It's the very world
0: building is so good. And I think the magic's really interesting as well. Yeah. So you've got the charter, which is like very formulaic, very... Um, it's all like rigid spell making you have a, you have a, an alphabet or special marks and the way you combine the marks is makes a spell etc., etc. and then you've got free magic which is basically pure will do whatever the fuck you want as long as you've got enough power enough juice and those two cannot coexist and it's all about most of the most of the whole series actually is about free magic users versus chartered magic users and free magic uses because they do tend to be associated with raising the dead they are bad guys
1: mm. yeah, it's quite chaotic magic it usually takes yeah. quite a toll doesn't it
0: yeah I mean if you if you, uh, free magic is like corrosive to life
1: oh, I quite like um, the sort of creatures he comes up with it as well yeah. a lot of them are sort of weird and wonderful magic cre- that have this connection to this free magic in a way or they're in actual world.
0: zombies or yeah. they're like literal monsters yeah yeah it's just, I remember the Mordicants and Sabriel, like mm-hmm. this massive zombie that fire dripped from its mouth. And
1: I remember the um, like the towards the end of it, there's the so they got the army trenches where, and then there's just like this monster that rips through yeah, this entire, like this barricade and everything, and lays siege to like wasn't a school or something that they had to fend it off
0: at. Yeah, yeah, the end of the of Sabriel, yeah that. The greater dead yeah. tears through the barricade, It gets into the school. I have to admit, all these other earlier Garth Nix books, even though it's been over 10 years since I've read them, the key moments of the novels, I can remember some sometimes the specific lines from these scenes because they were so um, memorable, so interesting. But I finished Clarion last week and I can't tell you much of what happened. No,
1: that's the thing. I'm, I'm trying to think back to it now. And I I can kind of vaguely remember the end. I do remember enjoying it, like you said. I think it was a bit slow-paced at first and then it picked up. But I am kind of struggling to really
0: pick out key... It sort of felt like... Because Garth Nix is a much better writer than this. Uh, And it sort of felt like he wrote Clariel sort of like on the side. Sort of like, oh, I'm enjoying my life, I'm enjoying my life. Oh, fans want more, publishers want more. There you go, leave me alone. That's what I sort of felt like. Maybe i have to go back and revisit it. But then again, he's a really good writer, so we still enjoyed it, if we're honest, and we both enjoyed it. Yeah. We both got through it, so regardless of any faults I may be moaning about, I finished it. Yeah. Um, it, um, it, it would just be, like I said, it kind of way ended. It'd be interesting
1: to see him have a prequel to the sequel.
0: Yeah. I'd like to see a part two, because it I kind mean, right of, at the end, I don't know if you remember this, he referenced places... In the world of Mm. this, which we haven't seen in any of the other books. No. I'm quite interested to see, oh, where's this? Because he references a rift across the land, and beyond the rift, the charter fails. Oh, yeah, I completely forgot about that. And that would be so cool to have a book about set on the frontier of the rift, where everyone's like, oh, yeah, if you go over there, all this magic that's kept you safe, gone. Here be dragons kind of thing. Here be dragons. Literally, they're in the setting. Like, that would be so cool. Mm.
1: Oh, I completely forgot about that aspect. See, now you've said it, I completely remember. I remember it. I completely up until now I forgot about it. Yeah, I, I haven't read a Garth Nick's book in ages. I really should. And what a name as well, Garth Nick. No, I remember gone. reading an interview. I think it was at the end of one of his books, and he's like, "Is your name really Garth Nick?" he's like, "Yes, yes, it is." <laughs> it's not not a pseudonym. It is actually my name. Anyway, before we time for the next whiskey. On, so this time we are going on to the Ex bordeaux cast.
0: Oh. Oh, you can spell this one much more strongly.
1: It's almost, um... It feels almost, like, deeper, richer yeah. than the other ones. The other ones quite, really sort of leapt out at you, whereas this feels almost quite heavy on the nose. Yeah. Very Again, very pleasant, though. Almost slightly, um... Wood, I want to say. Can yeah, oaky. Wood. Yeah. Heavy, sort of... Heavy, almost heavy, like, golden syrup. You know, like, when you tip golden syrup from yeah. the spoon. Sort, of, right, sort of the heavy consistency. Thick. thick, yeah. Sort of, like, a thick aroma on your nose. Yeah, very sort of golden syrupy. And we've got, um, I've got a couple of, you picked up a couple of cards, didn't you, Yep, Yeah, not that one. It's
0: another one. There we go.
1: Oh, they described,
0: um, no, vanilla. Yeah, no, I I can get that. Mm. That's right. Well,
1: here we go. Second one. Cheers. Again, it feels almost heavier, darker, richer. It does definitely feel. Um, Quite nice. Almost, um,
0: I, don't know, I feel like some like dark chocolate or something would go very yeah. nicely with this. Or from I almost feel like I was expecting the smokiness because it was so heavy.
1: Mm.
0: Well, what did it say here?
1: Toffee, creme brulee, and marshmallow on the palette. Right? Finish mm-hmm. long, honeyed. I think I agree with the long honeyed. Yeah, real yeah. nice um, sort of sweetness lingering on the top. But yeah, really, the pearance which was quite almost light and really jumped out at you. The rest, this is quite. Like we said, sort of very thick and rich in heavy flavour. <laughs> <laughs> am I going my, my whiskey, whiskey nerd here? <laughs> Got to become an expert somehow. Mm-hmm. In what way to do it other than try all of them? Got to catch them all. Got to try them all. Mm, that, is, that smells delightful as well. Doesn't it? I prefer the smell of this one, but the taste of the last one. Interesting. Yeah, it is kind of like a really nice rich aroma you can, again like I said you can really sort of luxuriate and you just like just I don't even need to I don't even need to sip it yet I'm just really <laughs> enjoying that rich flavour or rich
0: aroma rather that smells delightful and tastes very good as well it does how does that compare to the last one though Henry?
1: I don't know they're both I, I would both have, easily have them both again. Yeah, I think I think I might have to agree with you, that sort of, um, I felt like I, I was able to pick out a bit more of the flavours of the other one, which yeah. is, I quite like. I agree, sort of The um, yeah with with the other one, I, you could almost pick out more individual flavours, whereas this one, a lovely flavour still, but it's sort of more, like it says, I'm just getting the long, sort of very nice honeyed finish, and sort of, it's nice, but yeah aroma for this one I would say is fantastic mm. I think I possibly agree with you I think I prefer the taste of the other one but re- regardless oh, both are
0: good <laughs> they are both very good
1: aren't they yeah. so was Clariel the last last book you read then or is that? that would be
0: the most recent yeah. most recent yeah. well what a, have you been reading
1: then Henry Well, I won't bore you too much with the first two books I've read because I went back and read two books we've actually, I've actually brought up on the podcast previously. Actually, one of them was the very... F- one, well, two of them, the two of them were actually some of the first books we ever mentioned on the podcast. So in our very first episode, we did a highlights reel of uh, books we'd read that year. And Ryan
0: Holiday, by any chance? Oh, how
1: did you... Yes! <laughs> yes! Yes, it was actually the first book I read. This, Obstacle is the Way. Do you Are you going to read that every
0: January now for the rest of your life?
1: Not, not every January but it had been so I originally listened to it as an audiobook and I enjoyed it so much I went and bought the book but I hadn't actually read the book and uh. um, of course there's no difference between it and the audiobook but it was because I think I listened to the audiobook back in 2020 so it'd been almost two years since I'd read it or well, listened to it rather um I just felt like it was kind of, at the start of the year, it was the perfect time to re-read it. And it's it was it's quite a short book. It's only 180 pages. And I just thought, I could probably read this quite quickly. I know I'll enjoy it. I know I'll get something from it. And, I mean, I've discussed Ryan Holiday before. I I love how he perfectly articulates his points with great case studies and backs it up with evidence and really... Um, demonstrated his points so well but it was kind of the it was sort of this book I needed to read at the start of the year or to yeah. kick start of the year because I kind of have a few goals and aims that I'm trying to accomplish this year and I needed that drink more whiskey thing. Yeah, drink more whiskey. Yes, yeah, so I needed that stoic philosophy to remind me that <laughs> whiskey, is <the> <laughs> the whiskey is the way. Whiskey is the you way. Whiskey is the way. You should write that book. You yeah. write that book. Uh, I'll, I'll tra- uh, trademark pending. Uh, patent pending. Q and
0: A oh. section. Uh, FAQs. What should I do? Drink more whiskey. Drink more what about whiskey. this? Drink more whiskey.
1: <laughs> How do I solve life problems?
0: Drink more drink whiskey. More
1: whiskey. <laughs> but, Can uh,
0: confirm. I've tried
1: it and it works. <laughs> but yes. I've gone on enough about how I enjoy Brian Holiday's books before, but it, it was kind of something I felt I needed to reread at the start of the year. And again, I—I will. it's one of those books I think I will constantly dip in and out of reread again. It's just it's really left it smart with me. But the other book, again, yeah, I think this is actually my top book that we spoke about in our very first podcast. And it was The Little Black Book of
0: Workout Motivation.
1: Um, and again, it was like one of those ones I kind of felt I needed to revisit because I hadn't, I hadn't read it for yeah again I hadn't read it for a couple of years. But I was like, ah, oh. I saw it sitting on my shelf. I was like, I kind of feel like I'm in the mood to reread that. And again, a few of the messages in it and pick, I, it was interesting because like, the first time I read it, I put in my like post-it notes into the parts that really stood out to me. And then this time I read it and I, I left those post-it notes in it because of course they still have relevance and meaning to me but it was interesting going through i was putting in new post-it notes that now i'm a couple of years older i found that there were other parts or other quotes that stuck with me more reading it now i was older you've grown and developed as a person so that would make that would make perfect sense yeah and there was like some of the advice in there stuff i hadn't thought this doesn't apply to me before now i'm older i'm like oh actually that is a good piece of advice for me where I currently am I'm sure if I go back and read it again in a couple of years time once again I'll look through it I'll find something I hadn't used before hadn't thought was useful and this time I'll be like oh that's perfect for me this time and so it's yeah it's interesting like a couple of the little exercises um and like planning methods he uh Mike Matthews recommends in that book I've um sort of reassessed what I, I've jotted down for those originally I've sort of I jotted them down again to see if they would changed and yeah it was quite in a the, in the way reading these two books were quite helpful and almost therapeutic and just very easy reads neither a lot I think they're both only both under 200 pages long each but I was kind of at the start of the year I was in the mood where I needed I think they were useful for me to reread particularly with sort of what I aim to try and achieve this year but um yeah i've kind of only ever, i've only read one other book since then I, I can say i've had quite a busy january but the book i have read fantasy changing up the genre from philosophy and stoicism all that stuff and self-improvement is one of our favorite authors joe abercrombie, joe abercrombie! well regarded well praised on this podcast joe abercrombie and so this is the sequel series the is it age of madness yes I believe yes. so age of madness sequel series to the first law trilogy it's called a little hatred
0: I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Henry says about this well uh, first of all thank you very much for telling me to
1: read the prequel uh, sorry the spin-off series so it really
0: improves it the
1: really the experience. <laughs> It really improves the experience. You saw what I mean, now, don't you? Yeah, and it was lovely. Like within the first fifty pages, I think I'd already picked out ten, like quite a few references to to the spin-offs alone, let alone the original trilogy. And it's like, oh, I I recognise that. They're like they're referencing a business from one of the sequels, or oh, this character who featured quite prominently in the um, sequels has made a return, or even like a couple of side characters from the sequels. Um, or the sorry the spin-offs rather turned up and I was like oh I recognise them and like I wouldn't have known who they were if I hadn't read the spin-offs mm. and it's yeah just oh, I just I just love that world and the, everything and you just read it reading it it's like oh I recognise this I recognise that oh I know who that is because I read that book if I hadn't read it I wouldn't know who they are mm. yeah so it's a sequel series so it's set I think it's about set 20 30 years I, I think it's about like 30 that. years after the um, first law First, the end of the first law trilogy which is there before they are uh, no, The Last Argument of Kings was the, the, the last one. one and so there are characters So it's, it follows the children of some of the characters from that series and I think one of the one of the main characters is actually his parents are introduced in a spin-off series so it's very handy to have read that otherwise I kind of wouldn't, know, wouldn't have known who he was quite as well Mm. So, again, I think actually really handy to have read the spin-offs. But what what I liked was sort of, in a way, it's very different. So, the way I describe the first the book the first book, which is it is called the First Law, isn't it? The blade itself. The blade itself. Sorry, uh, the blade itself is the first of the first law trilogy. Is it's almost like the gathering of the fellowship in a way mm. but it's subverted subverted like they're not quite as nice
0: characters but or, or the ones you don't expect to be the ones you, you expect to be not nice turn out to be much nicer than you thought yeah but it's interesting so in
1: that book it's kind of almost like you, you're you getting to know these characters and you're seeing some of the and tribulations they go through before they finally meet and it's almost like the forming of the fellowship as want of a better word in, and in a way, it's, it's kind of similar. In this, in this book, you're seeing you're getting introduced to a new cast of characters. Of course, you're seeing some of the older and familiar characters who you knew, which is very. It, I really enjoyed. You see um, old characters who you're familiar with and how they're reappearing in these books. But older now, of older course. now, and not always necessarily more mature. Mm. But um, in a way, it's not quite like they're forming a fellowship. It's more circumstance has just drawn these characters together well they're, the they're not going them. on a quest they're just no. living their lives that, and, and that's the thing this is
0: what's happened to the characters you liked because like, it's been what 30 years yeah. in the in the books it's been almost 10 years since I read these books mm. M- maybe a bit less mm. so it's been nice for me to go oh I remember you how are you getting on mm. oh <laughs> it's nice like what I was saying in the blade itself it's kind of
1: almost like they were forming, ready for a quest mm. whereas all these yeah which they were but in this it's um each character's been going through their own trials and tribulations and it's just the result of what their actions in this book has somehow drawn them together at the end but it was kind of like quite nice to see that parallel of how the main cast of characters have all kind of come together at the end mm. and that was really interesting i really kind of i liked that parallel i really enjoyed seeing the old cast of characters also um it's interesting because in the original trilogy, there were kind of only sort of four or five. It was yeah, it was, it was like four or five main, main character, characters. Yeah. Whereas this one, there feels like there's quite a few more who they're following, and again, there's some of them. It's obvious why they're following because they have connections to the main the oh, the previous main cast of characters. Whereas there's a few scattered among there who are quite different. Like there's a ex soldier who doesn't really have any connection to the old cast of characters that we know of yet um, and then there's another there's a practical who are part of like the inquisition again she doesn't she has connections to the some of the old members of the but not from her past So not from her past and so it's kind of interesting to see you've got characters who are very directly tied to the previous characters like my like family relations like for family example, relations um where and then you've got these others who kind of interweave it's more through circumstance that they've become a part of the main cast in the way and it'll be interesting to see how it ties together and it's um and again it's like a great thing is about seeing how the world has adapted and evolved because of course time has passed industry has become much more thing and it's um in the, other, in the older books there was, it was kind of the age or the, the dying age of magic in a way and now now magic's gone and we've got technology yeah
0: it is think the, about the industrial revolution yes um, particularly in England it's very similar to that yeah it's the, the I think they even say it's like the age of magic is at its
1: end it's now the age of the machine and bef- I mean, this was some this was interesting and you know, I kind of because like, I uh, I knew the in the spin-offs kind of they hint that the Industrial Revolution is kind of coming um, for the prequel series. Kind of something I was expecting was because in the prequels they start test uh, sorry, in the spin offs, I'm gonna get very confused. <laughs> they start. Um, there aren't any
0: prequels yet that I know of.
1: They start uh, testing out cannons and things mm-hmm. like that. And so I was expecting to go into this where you've got the army using like primitive firearms and things like that. But no, there's it's still kind of. And they're still using swords and everything. Well progress like. is slow. Yeah. But it was in... yeah, that was something that I thought, oh, they'll be um using like primitive almost like the red coats and stuff from Yeah. I thought it might be a bit like that. But um it wasn't. But it um yeah, it was good. I really enjoyed it. It's very a mix of action and politics and there is the, the background, there is still magic lurking in the world and and no one understands it no one understand it no i think apart from a few maybe but it's yeah
0: i again I how does this rate compared to other driver books you've read oh that's difficult that's the thing they're all so good they're all so good i would say best served cold and the entire first lord trilogy are all probably better but I would say Little Hatred definitely gives The Heroes and Red Country a run for their money. That's interesting, because remember, I ranked Best Served Cold and The Heroes alongside each other. Oh, And that's I think the, he-
1: the Heroes is definitely a must-read before this. Yeah, definitely. I think Red Country probably, late, apart from, there was one, like I said, with the business, there was a business re- um, reference at the start of A Little Hatred that you wouldn't have known if you hadn't read Red Country. But at the moment, Red Country has played less of an influence than best surf cold and the heroes in this because it's, it's so much further away though isn't it yeah so, so much further away uh, I think I could I think yeah it'll be interesting to see because you've read the other two haven't you The Trouble with Peace and I the haven't
0: wis- I haven't read read, read word <laughs> I haven't read The Wisdom of Crowds yet okay you know, maybe, so it's over there
1: maybe maybe hold it hold off until I've read um The Trouble with Peace and then we can read it together oh that's a good point yeah so, um, yeah, I'll try. maybe I'll try and read that sooner. Do you or have a copy maybe, of Drop of Yeah, copy? I've got all three of them, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I missed out on getting my hardback copy of um, A Little Hatred, so I didn't... as Because I hadn't... there's wow. such nice covers, That's the they? thing, because I didn't start reading the First Law trilogy until A Little Hatred had come out. And, of course, because I loved it so much, I then bought the other two in hardback, by, but by which point I'd missed out on getting the hardback version of A Little Hatred, which is a shame, because I've got the main trilogy and the nice 10 year anniversary I have half acts in,
0: I have them in paperback but they've got this lovely like fake parchment style cover that I really like so I'm quite happy with my additions mm. i got the really nice ten, 10 year anniversary ones
1: though oh I suppose so I'm quite happy with those but oh, again absolutely fantastic but the way he oh this is another thing that Joe Abercrombie does so well is right. his is his. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong? You're not wrong. No. But is his constant shifting. What he does is he does these chapters where it's a. Every few paragraphs is. He switches shift. to a different character. He, he switches to a different character. And so in this
0: one, it's like a. It's not like how it's done in Dune, where it's almost jarring. No. This is like very how. Very well done. It'll be like a character runs down a street and runs past someone. And then the narrative will switch to the person that they ran past, and that that person will run up and push someone, and then it'll switch to the person he pushed, and so on and so on. And it makes the whole scene. It, it's always the scene's always very really chaotic, like a battle or a riot or something, and it really captures the chaos and the all the energy that would be going on in such a. Such so an event mm. really, really well. And it's probably unlike anything that you've ever read, isn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah. And he j- he just does it so well. So,
0: like, in this particular like, I won't go too heavily in spoilers, but there's like almost like a. See, yeah. I couldn't remember if this scene was in A Little Hatred or The Trouble of Peace. So I'm glad you've really reminded there, me. Um, it's almost like
1: a. There are some prisoners who have been captured, and it's going along the line of prisoners. And each, each prisoner only gets like maybe three, four paragraphs dedicated to them. But the way he describes how they got into that situation he even gives a little bit of their background you feel like even in these few paragraphs you've got to know these characters and then he switches perspective and you've got the next character and you find out how they got there what they did before what how they ended up in this situation and it, it's literally each each character for this just this one chapter only has maybe like a page devoted to them but the way if that but the way he writes it you feel as if you know this character's Entire story, how they got to this point, what the its just so well done. Mm-hmm. I've never seen another writer do it quite to this perfect manner in a way, and he's done it in his previous books. And he just—it was, I think it was mostly in the um, the heroes though first yeah. picked it out in, and it was so well done there. You know, like, how can he keep doing this? And he does. He's done. I think it was in the heroes, the Red Country, and now a little hatred. He's done this style of swapping characters perspectives you think how can he do it again but he does it again <laughs> and he still makes improvements and it's just so well done little hatred absolutely loved it
0: i think did I can't, really. I can't think of anything bad to say about it to be honest
1: yeah i can't think about anything bad to say about any of his books that i've read phenomenal. Uh, Is That phenomenal particularly the
0: book, best recommendation i've ever made to you quite possibly uh
1: yes I do I do love the Harry Dresden Files oh though, that's as well fair. but I think I do think I, Joe Abercrombie takes number one spot for your recommendation. you need to finish
0: the Dresden for series and we'll see if that stays the same opinion I know
1: well, there's quite a few to go maybe <laughs> yeah, I'll read, read a few they're more. good
0: for binge reading like it. Like if you devote a few hours like I don't know four hours every day you could definitely get food in a couple of days
1: this thing I don't when I enjoy a book you don't so want I, to rush it no that's the thing I will I will binge read it because I'm I don't I don't want to do anything else but read it I want to find out the end of the story but then I don't feel the necessarily because there are other books I want to read I don't feel like it's not like a tv series for me where I need to get on to the next season I I, I enjoy I get through the book quickly because I want to find out the end but then I'm like okay I've really enjoyed this fantasy novel now I want to go read a non-fiction because this has been on my shelf for a while but I'm really
0: interested to read it I don't need to Just read Just because them. you've owned this book for a long time, does not mean you're under a time limit to read it? No, I... No, it's not going anywhere.
1: No, I understand that. But also, at the same time, I want to read it. So, I don't... I, I'm not... Choosing the next book to read is difficult, as you can tell from my pile. <laughs> well, from your three books, cases, and your book pile.
0: Yeah, that's not, that's not saying all the books I haven't read on my Kindle. So no,
1: You've got so many books. I have a lot of books. I love books. We both love books
0: we do both love books
1: but um yeah little hatred absolutely phenomenal i'm really interested in the next ones and yes we'll have to read wisdom oh, the wisdom of Crowds mm-hmm. together so what else what else have you been up to tom any games films tv, TV shows? shows
0: do you want to talk about book of bob fett i want to talk about the book, of book fett. To, do you want to go first um I wanna try the next whiskey, so if there's anything else you wanna discuss while you finish your glass. Okay. Or you or save it for later, fair enough. Yeah. Let's do the next whiskey. So this next Dartmoor whiskey is the ex Oloroso sherry on. cask. Yeah, I can read it from this distance. <laughs> right up to your eye level. Yeah.
1: Now this is this is quite interesting. So on the little info card you got with the um whiskey here it
0: seems. to be even stronger than the last two. <laughs> Oh, is it? This is quite
1: interesting. So it says, unlike most distilleries who just finish their whiskies in sherry barrels, this single cask, single malt has been solely matured in the sherry cask from start to finish. So often on, um, you'll, you'll see whiskey bottles, they say it's like um, uh, finished or uh, ex-wine cask finish or ex-sherry cask finish. That means it's been matured in other barrels for maybe 10 um, years. Ten years and then given like a year in a sherry cask, so it be finished in the cask. Whereas this one, it has spent its entire maturation period in the sherry cask. So that means more of those sherry flavors are going to seep into the whiskey. And as someone who likes sherry and whiskey, I am very I think I'm about the only twenty-something-year-old I know who likes sherry. I think the only twenty-something-year-old I know
0: who's tried sherry.
1: It's very nice. I think it's something I get from my nan. She who loves a glass of sherry. So occasionally I've joined her, and I think it's it must be in my blood that <laughs> I like sherry. But um I I do like my sherry. I do like um sherry sherryed whiskies. I think I've had, I've had quite a few. Sort of um, tell you one we should try is you love Smokehead. And I'm not quite as a smokehead uh, fanatic as you. I do like, uh, I do occasionally like smoky whiskey, but I'm not quite the same. But blow they, your head off, smoky. Yes, I'm not quite blow your head off, smoky. level. Sure, go barbecue, smoky. Yes. But they have a smokehead, which is called Smokehead Sherry Bomb. Oh, which I think maybe we should try at some point because I might quite enjoy that. But yeah, I, I sort of like sherry influence because it has really nice fruit cakey sort of um, very... Nice notes. What is is this motion you've got with your uh, glass? I'm just, just moving it around the glass, and opening it up a bit. And Open I, what? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> making it, making it up as I go along.
0: Okay. But oh, that is. Can smell it, can't yeah. you? I'd say that's a stronger scent than the last two. <sighs> yeah, I sort of a fruit cake, honey.
1: Again, honey. I'm really all three of these whiskies. I'm really. They've been up sweet, up, haven't they? They've been sweet and sweet smooth. That was very very pleasant aroma mm. all, oh, oh, all of them have me it's, I, I don't think it's quite i don't know i don't think it's quite as heavy as the um ex-bordeaux oh, i think this is heavier really it'll be interesting to uh compare to taste cheers Tom. Oh, cheers let's see oh a lot of flavor in that oh that that really rolls on the tongue very nicely it they does really doesn't it? really mm, that is that's like a lot of flavor <laughs> It's, it, do you agree with me it is not nearly as heavy as the Bordeaux cast it doesn't feel quite as
0: no no the smell was much stronger yeah. in my opinion but it doesn't feel as heavy no although I I, I do think it's got way more flavour mm. I
1: don't think it's quite the sort of as long a finish as the bourbon cast that had a very sort of like honey warming as it went down very sort of really lingering. give, on it, the give it
0: another give it another sip but like, let, let it sit in your mouth for a second see what you mean yeah sit for a moment and then and it kind of like releases more flavour doesn't it yeah see what you
1: mean you swallow it but there's a little bit of residue sitting on tongue. it kind of releases like a sort of very smooth sweet yeah I think it it does it does slightly yeah it does have those sort of sherry elements to it slightly nice and fruity that is
0: delicious (laughs) it is isn't it okay of the three which is your favourite I would have to say for me it's a dust up between the first one and this one
1: I think I am completely in agreement with you I didn't mm-hmm. think all of them are amazing yeah and I would definitely have them again they're beautifully rich in flavor beautiful aroma. Um, I would agree it's definitely a toss-up between this one and
0: the ex-bourbon cast the Bordeaux Still lovely, delightful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it, it, this doesn't reach quite the same heights as these no, two. The I think the first two, they
1: just have that real The rich, first one and then this one. <laughs> the last one. The last one and the last one. Yeah, first one and the last one. They just have that real nice mix of sort of flavours, complexed, all mixed together and allows you to pick out a few more. The Bordeaux, again, lovely, but very kind of quite heavy, stunning aroma. But um, yeah, I think these ones just kind of feel like I can pick out a bit more. And that's what I really... I think that's why, for me, I actually prefer smoother
0: whiskies to smoky. Because you can so taste more flavour rather than just have some peat in the face.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can't, beti- <laughs> I can't pick between the first and the last. I can't <laughs> pick between
0: the um, bourbon and the Oloroso. They're both very nice. We'll have to get a bottle of both someday and just keep drinking both and be like, oh, there's one. I, I would happily pick up any of these again, actually. They're really nice. How does this compares? Oh, it's a very interesting question, actually. How how does these compare to the Cotswolds whisky? That's the only other English one you've had, as far as I'm aware. Mm. how do they compare? Interesting, because it's um,
1: it's been quite a while since I had the Cotswolds one. i actually got I actually got a little sample bottle um for Christmas from my sister because she'd, um, she'd been to the Cotswolds and I think they went to the distillery, but I think unfortunately it was closed. But they went to the gift shop and she got me one of the little sample bottle, so I have got that which I could try some more. I don't know it's been unfortunately it's been too long I think to give it a fair comparison I do very much remember enjoying the Cotswolds single mole I, I don't I couldn't I don't think I could give it a fair comparison at the moment yeah I both were have enjoying- to get
0: all three bottles then and just drink all three bottles yes in yes in an evening oh that would make for an interesting evening <laughs> <laughs> anyway
1: I think I'm going to finish up my last bit of the Bordeaux I'm going to savour the Orla rosa.
0: Anyway, back to the Book of Boba Fett. Thank you, Tom. You're welcome. <laughs> what did you think? Well, of course, I loved it, obviously. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Meant to pick up a glass and took half the table, took table with it. <laughs> so I, I loved it. There were bits of, uh, bits that were just so cool. Without going into spoilers. It's so worth a watch. It's definitely, it, it definitely is amazing. That being said, my problem is that they have taken Boba Fett, rolled him in Disneyness stuffed him full of Disneyness and it's, it's like Mickey Mouse sh- ate him up and shat him out. <laughs> like he is so Disney now. He is like Disney has done what they normally do: they take a character and now he's become uber PC. They can't possibly have an antihero. Oh no, Disney doesn't do antiheroes. Name one Disney antihero. Disney doesn't do anti-heroes. We'll ignore Mulan, the Disney princess, with a kill count of thousands, but anyway. <laughs> no really, the Avalard scene. How many Mongols does he kill?
1: Quite few.
0: Exactly. Anyway, we even on from that. Disney doesn't do antiheroes. But Boba Fett is one of the biggest anti-heroes to Starfader. Literally. It, it, it was a bit jarring to see this character who, in the, all of his thousands of comics and novelizations and, you know, cartoons or whatever, so who's going around being like, oh, I'm a ruthless, badass bounty hunter, to be like, I must help these people. I'm doing this for honour. I'm like, so who are you again? We're very, yeah. <sighs> but apart from that, there are loads of really, really cool scenes. But what did you think, Henry? I see you want to say something. I have to admit I was disappointed <laughs> well in the whole the yeah, whole thing was not this caught. is strange that you didn't like something that I did like yeah
1: this um, is weird
0: it feels kind of strange yeah role reversal
1: yeah I'm I, not lonely. I that's it I was. I didn't hate it but I can't say oh my god it was such a good show it was okay unfortunately I have to give it an okay what were your problems with it okay so like okay. you said Boba Fett has been built up through sort of the Star Wars culture to
0: be this badass bounty hunter, and the main characters in Return of the Jedi* were afraid of him. There's a scene I remember when Chewie goes, whatever noise Chewie makes, and guess sound clip of that. <laughs> <laughs> My throat is not up to doing the Chewbacca sound today, mm. <laughs> and Han Solo goes, Boba Fett, where? Like as if this is really bad news. Like you know, Boba Fett was a bad guy. Yeah, he had if, a bit he, of pre- he, prestige to him. Yeah, the and, and if he if he could have killed Luke Skywalker, he would have. He points guns at Luke Skywalker. He's not a good guy at all. No. If he had any honor, what was he doing wrong for Jabba the Hut in the first place?
1: Like literally, they they end Mandalorian season. Spoilers for the end of Mandalorian season two. He walks into Jabba's palace. And shoots somebody in the
0: face. Yes. And then goes and takes the throne. Of a crime lord. Yeah. He kills more people in that end credit scene. Spoilers here, I'm afraid. He kills more people in that end credit scene than the entire first three episodes of his own TV show. Maybe even more. I can't remember because he's barely in the next two. <sighs> Spoilers again. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay. Spoiler free. Um
1: Yeah. <laughs> Just... It's mixed, because there were some moments where... Okay, I'm actually really enjoying this. This is cool. Okay, this is quite a... This is a pretty cool action scene. And then there are... Again, it's the... He's... He is... He's set up to be the badass bounty hunter. And there's no bounty hunting. (laughs) And he's not much of a badass in this show. And then there are just certain parts of it where characters just make stupid decisions I think sometimes the director makes silly decisions mm-hmm. there are characters in it who just don't fit <laughs>
0: I'll get on to that in the spoiler <laughs> section because I remember you guys, like you've got a headache I'm going uh, to take over fine. I think from a cinematic perspective if you want some big high budget Star Wars action this series has got it If you're a big fan of character development, or these characters in particular to be honest, it says no series has not got it. If you were hoping The Book of Boba Fett was going to be Boba Fett's story, it's not really it. If you were hoping, oh, I want more big budget Star Wars suit outs and CGI things, oh yeah, this has got that in plenty. There is action, there is adventure. It's just not really the same characters as you're used to it's from Star Wars Legends it was not what I was expecting when they announced Book of Boba Fett no no yes, right no so if we go properly into spoilers okay. now what, what is there anything in particular you would like to rant about get it off your oh, chest oh I've got so much
1: I want to rant <laughs> oh, about oh here that. we go Henry didn't enjoy okay. it okay Henry so, wrote, it's, so it's seven seven episodes long indeed okay so the first episode we see how he escapes the Sarlacc pit indeed something we've
0: wanted to know for ages indeed and that was awesome yes love that although it was a little bit like oh there's a very conveniently placed stormtrooper but anyway
1: but at the point mm. but then it also goes on to show how he was captured by Tuscan Raiders Yeah, he was their prisoner for a while but then how through events, he became integrated as part of their culture. And the first
0: we'll see of, episode two now, I think.
1: Yeah, this is part of episode one, part of episode two. I actually really enjoyed that part. I really enjoyed these flashback scenes
0: where we got to see... Actually, out the flesh Raiders. out the Tusken
1: Raiders. Because in all other
0: Star Wars media, this kind of like random antagonists you have to deal with when you cross the desert. Oh, no, some random desert people want to kill us for no reason.
1: Yeah. And it was actually fascinating to see them fleshed out. And it was really well done. I really enjoyed that. And then we got to episode three. Episode three took a fucking nosedive. Oh, because, well, they, int- so they'd introduced, firstly, they'd introduce this badass, or who looked to be a badass, Wookiee bounty
0: hunter. Black Chrysanthemum, he's actually in the comics as a sometimes ally, sometimes enemy of Boba Fett. There's a reason why in, episode, in, in this episode Boba Fett's like talking to him as if they know each other. Because in Legends they do. They've worked together, they've worked against each other. And mm. Black Chrysanthemum, he is vicious. Like, he will tear things apart because he's a Wookiee. Like, there's a reason why Han says to C-3PO that Wookiee will tear off his arm. If he loses, Black Chrysanthemum will tear off his arm. if he wins or loses, he is a dangerous Wookiee. Then you go and have a fight, uh unexpected fight scene between, Very out of the blue, wasn't it? Very
1: out of the blue fight scene between a half-naked Bob Fett and... so I didn't need to see. No, no, no events but Black... Black Chrysan- Chrysanthemum? Black Chrysanthemum. And it kind of felt very rushed. Um, and also,
0: it was just very much like... Black Chrysantin is has such strength in his body, he could yeah. tear Boba Fett's arms off. On top of this, he has metal, studied, electrified knuckle dusters. They should be cleaving the flesh from Boba Fett's bones. It's also the fact they're that they're he drags him out
1: of a to tank and then starts beating him up where you could literally drag him out and shoot him. Shoot him, yeah, you could just shoot him, this is true. He's, he's, Stupid. Um, But then, of course, you have the characters that I fucking hate.
0: The mods! uh, The mods
1: who come to help fight him off. Just none of... I was hoping... Blackland, you kind of
0: expect him to be back. I can't remember if it was you or somebody else, but they showed me a picture of the Power Rangers... And their power bikes. And the Power Rangers power bikes look exactly the same so, yeah, as I mean, the hover bikes that the mods use. Was that you? No,
1: it might be. I No, I don't think it was actually. I was
0: saying you have to find a picture of Senator Duke because it's um, so funny.
1: Yeah, these... Out of the blue ramp. And it, this badass bounty hunter is suddenly, suddenly outwitted by this street gang. It's just like, what the hell? This makes no sense. But the bit that annoys me is that just throughout in this episode but also throughout most of the series they show Boba Fett fighting with no real no No motivation no almost like because he's a badass he's meant to be a badass and what they did when they introduced him in the Mandalorian they showed that so well Mm -hmm. he was vicious he was angry he was he brutal. Was, he was brutal. And what you expected from him. Like, literally, there's the bit where he punches a stormtrooper and uses his rockets to fire them. Yeah. He shoots out his rockets from his knee, taking out, like, two... And then he's got his, like, his stick thing, which he uses to, like, beat the... He hits the, them so hard, he breaks
0: the stormtrooper Yes.
1: And that was what I was expecting from this series. And it barely happens. There is a scene where, I think it's episode two, where he goes to fight a bike again, where he literally just has this... Like single shot rifle and this stick, and he goes and beats up like seven members of this biker gang in a bar. That was cool. That was quite good, yeah. And then there is a few bits in the final episode where he was really caught by the rest of. Anyway, I'm going to one of my main gripes, which is the freaking bloody mod squad. <laughs> so, in episode three, this guy goes to Boba Fett and says, "There's this problem with this gang who are stealing water from him," and then stealing of... water though. On the planet. understandable yeah but then Boba Fett just goes up to them and says, oh do a uh, job you're a job and they're like okay but you're looking at them like you guys literally okay so we're on Tatooine it's a desert planet most people they're kind of look almost like Bedouin or like as if they're adjusted to the desert wearing robes um slightly almost a bit dirty slightly scrambled. And these things they look like they've been ripped Punks. out. They literally look like they've been ripped out of cyberpunk. They do, actually. Yeah, they, they've got, like, weird... Like, one guy's got a... Bionic b- eye. Bionic eyes. This girl's got a bionic arm. And then there's there's a guy just wearing a suit. <laughs> In the middle of a desert planet. And,
0: like, he must be so sweaty and uncomfortable
1: and then don't yeah don't get me started on their fucking speeder bikes they're like the most
0: horribly that scene that, that scene oh. where Boba and Feddeck are walking and then it's following them really slowly on the bike I was just like hang on what it gets worse it,
1: so they, they, they're they these almost cyberpunk looking characters looking really out of place on this desert planet and then they're not that they're not interesting I don't, care. <laughs> don't I, care I was really ho- I was kind of hoping bubble would just get rid of them because they, they look so out of place and really I was hoping went- they'd be killed instead of the Gamorans oh, that's the thing when Black Chrysanthemum was take- was trying to fight Boba, and they suddenly rush in I was like please kill some of them off please and they all somehow survive I was just like oh for fuck's sake I don't want them in this anymore already I hated them and they do only been <laughs> in for like half an hour and then episode 3 that fucking speeder chase <laughs> <laughs> the slowest speeder I I've seen people on mobility scooters go faster than that. <laughs> and oh, the guy they were chasing, he was fucking annoying anyway. The,
0: I was, well, the I was hoping he'd crash and die. It does sound horrible, but he was just a oh,
1: really annoying character. He's such a patronising, annoying character. He, not, he, it was like they were trying to make him funny. And, and it wasn't he, was, he wasn't working. He was just annoying.
0: Again, like... Um, well, in the first episode, when he first shows up, And he blatantly disrespects Boba Boba Fett, any other crime lord in any other franchise, or even in Earth history. You disrespect them like that, you're getting sent home dismembered. Yeah, they literally make a joke about there being the rancor underneath
1: and he's like and it doesn't do anything I was like literally just drop him in the pit and let him starve please (laughs) he's already again like the mods he'd already pissed me off within like the first 30
0: seconds but Boba Fett is taken over as a crime lord and he says and I quote in the show I'm going to rule through respect (laughs) how many crime lords rule through respect (laughs) crime lords are synonymous with fear with brutality with violence not respect how can you be if you're if you're ruling through respect that makes you a legitimate ruler not a crime lord if everyone wants you in charge you're not a crime lord
1: so yeah so then they have that really weird freaking slow chase di- scene which oh, just it's uh, horrendous <laughs> um and like there's a the thing you saw like some of the mod squash this mod squash mod, mod squad, squash <laughs> Um, crash their bikes and again I was like hoping just please die <laughs> to go out in a ball, ball of flames because you do not fit I do not like you and again it's like the next episode there was something about that he was using them as his scouts because they get involved in this like syndicate this war with the Pike syndicate over their like drug running operation they're going to stand out from a million miles away but, but, but <laughs> it's a bit where they're using like the hologram communication and Bob, Bob, is there's the guy with the modified eye, and Bob is like, "Keep your eyes open." Oh, sorry, eye, and then it's like, "Sorry, I didn't mean to be offensive." And you're like, "What? What? <laughs> oh, that was such a poor joke, and it just fell so flat." And it's really weird. They're like, they're quite well. Two of them are like quite well spoken British. <laughs> and in the last episode one of them they're getting shot out and one does this like <laughs> where he pulls out his blaster does like a little, little spin in, and just, oh for fuck's sake just kill them off <laughs> <laughs> and they don't get killed off I hate them kill them off literally season 2 book of Booker Boba Fett See, I'd there like, is
0: one I'd like to say my modes were legitimate your modes are just I don't like these guys no I
1: don't they don't fit it's cause they don't fit and they don't work They're not interesting. I don't care. They don't fit into this Star Wars. They fucking kill. (laughs) Literally, book of Boba Fett season two. Kill them off screen. Just say, oh, they got killed in explosion. I'd be fucking happy.
0: Um, What about like a really gratuitous violent scene where we see all die?
1: No, I I don't care for that. Just just, (laughs) they don't deserve the screen time. Okay, (laughs) okay,
0: Um, that's worse.
1: But then it's it's just like stupid. This, I, I am going to go on to the stuff I do like about the series. I mean. It's just like stupid things. He like. needs to get the of system. Okay, there's, there's two more things. First thing is, the two, possibly the two best episodes of the series, mm-hmm. heavy spoilers, is when they bring Mandalorian back. And they are basically like
0: Mando season, season
1: 2.5. Because it is almost two episodes entirely devoted to him, and Boba Fett yeah. is, is in those two episodes for about a minute. And that was more <laughs> interesting than the rest of the series combined and you had this moment with Amando. you had a Darksaber fight you had Luke and Grogu and Ahsoka and great Star Wars fan service but not Boba Fett but not Boba Fett and so that is a slight gripe because they were the, probably the two best episodes in the series without the title character in it well I
0: don't really see why Boba Fett had to be stuck on Tatooine like he can go wherever he wants he's got his sit back he mm-hmm. can be like oh I'm sick of Tatooine. Did you did you notice that they um, changed the name of the yeah, ship?
1: Yeah, they refused to uh, call it Slave One. Instead, they it was like the Fire Crow or Fire something? Spray or something. Fire Spray, which I think is the name of the ship type, but not the name of his ship. But they uh, of course Disneyfied as you said. They can't call it Slave One. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to get too hung up on that. But um, yes, the two best episodes were when Boba Fett wasn't in it, and then the final episode where they brought out those shield droids. I don't know what the director was, or what the decision was that everyone's going to stand and stare at them until they get really close. But the thing is, they have these t- two huge freaking guns on them. They're fr- almost as tall as the buildings around them. And they have to get within, like, 10 metres of anyone before they start shooting. And like, they still don't hit and anyone. They and can't, they can't hit shit. <laughs> they don't. Not even, like you said, what was it you said at the time? You said there weren't even any red
0: shirts where, like... like not, been... not even a red shirt gets hit. Not even a red, goodie red shirt gets hit. The random aliens who turn on them yes. earlier in the episode kill more people than the scorpion droids.
1: Yes. It was freaking ridiculous. And then Boba Fett and Mando were literally having a talking tactics right, standing right next to one as it's trying to shoot them. You and know, this like, is not bothered. No. Ah oh, dear. Okay. <laughs> I there are probably there are probably more bits I'm going to think about. Why did I not mention?
0: Right, good bits. Good bits. Good bits. Cinematographics, C- cin- cinematography, like like the, the really cool big budget action scenes, the rancor. The, the, the Mando Bros. Cad Bane! Cad Bane! The
1: introduction of Cad Bane is like, literally, you you see this silhouette in the distance, I saw the meme, it's like, the one of Leonardo
0: DiCaprio sitting in the tra- chair, <laughs> he's like, I know that guy! I know that guy's Cad Bane! I'm sitting there, but I first see it, like, that hat! That hat! Oh,
1: but that, that's, an, again, that's another thing, stupid thing, so, such a cool, and the, about One of the good things, Henry! Wait, me. wait, 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 such a cool, iconic character, from... The Clone Wars series introduced. Another badass bounty hunter. I think he looked fantastic in live action. The voice was great. Mm-hmm. But then in the final battle, he makes the decision to turn up right at the end once they've <laughs> killed off of all of his henchmen and decides to try and go one-on-one with Boba Fett. And it's just like, why did you decide to turn up right at the last moment when you've got no backup? And just, just, It's just... They were just stupid decisions. I don't... So many. The characters make so many stupid decisions. It's like in the early episode where Bob is trying to get his armour back from the Sarlacc pit, and he basically just flies his ship to the front of it, and it's Fennec who has to save his arm. Yeah! Oh, I'm thinking, like, what the fuck? Part of the problem is you have these characters who are many really cool, really interesting, and they're just... The way they're acting, the decisions so they're stupid. making is so stupid. Anyway... The good bits. <laughs> I really enjoyed the first two episodes and the explore exploration of the Tuscan Raiders. I actually mm-hmm. really enjoyed that. And it it started
0: really... to drag on a bit for me. I was thinking, great, we've seen the Tuscans. I want to I... leave Tatooine now. Come on, Boba Fett, let's go off and explore the galaxy, do some bounties. Oh, you want to be Lord of Tatooine? Fine. Yeah. I saw, Yeah, I saw a few people
1: saying drag on, but I quite enjoyed seeing that background of the Tuscan Raiders
0: and I think it actually fleshed them out. Mm. I want to know so, if Tuscan Bay is okay. I think they might be gone. No, I wanna know if she's okay. <laughs> it was quite funny how they took pains to make her look female. Mm. Like, okay, we've gotta have some gender representation in the Tuscan Raiders now. Let's have a female Tuscan Raider. Make make the rags on her hair slightly longer at the back make it look like hair. But I really enjoyed that. I of course I did really enjoy the two Mando
1: episodes, Mando yeah. Two Point Five. I'll say, um, they were great,
0: but again, that's part of the problem. Is it? it's in the book of Bob Fett. Grogu when, when Grogu has like happened on the one the, on yeah. the glass, he's like fine, <laughs> and he's he goes to the hyperdrive, and Grogu's like. <laughs> that's the thing. I think they could have taken those and put those in
1: Mando se- uh, Mando season three. I think they sh- possibly should have focused on making. Boba Fett. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right. I agree, like the final the fight scene where it's Mando and Boba Fett back to back, West sci-fi, Western style they got each other's back, they're taking out the pikes and trying to shoot the pike syndicate together. That was They killed so many pikes. That was awesome. How none of them managed to find a chink in their armour? Because their armour doesn't cover <laughs> their whole body. They were literally like there's the bit where Mando burns himself with his the Darksaber. Mando hurts himself more than anyone yeah. hurts him in the whole like three yeah. seasons he's in. And yeah, how they don't find any chinks in the armor plot armor, of course. <laughs>
0: but Yeah, Best Car is basically yeah. vi- uh, like visible plot
1: armor. Yeah. Cobb Vance, I, I like I like that character. Um, I hope I he don't does. he doesn't need to come back. He died a good death. Let him lie. let him rest.
0: Did you not see the post credit scene? I did see the post credit scene. That's why I, was, I, I okay. was really annoyed by that. Like, oh, sorry, God, you of kill off you kill off Cad fucking Bane, but you bring back Cobb fucking Vance. But I quite like him. But then he's I cool. Call- but he died a good death. Let him die. do he's not dead. Let him dead. rest.
1: He's not dead. But let him let him die. I, I think I would prefer him to be dead rather than bring back the mod doctor. Exactly. Yeah, that pissed me off. I was like, oh, fucking
0: hell. Anyway, um. <laughs> He's going to come yeah. back with a robot arm robot and a robot eye and a robot leg and he's going <laughs> to... That will piss me off. <laughs> yeah,
1: Cad Bane, great. Slightly sad that they killed him off because I think he could have been a good long-term antagonist.
0: Yeah, but I mean, how many times in Clone Wars and things has Cad Bane turned up, done something bad and gotten away? that's why it's kind of so cool well I get that's why it's so cool eventually Disney's like okay he's gotta meet his end at some point yeah to be fair I think they did a really good live action version of him
1: yeah Um. What? Else? Fennec 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 is the star of that show Fennec is the star of that show. she's more badass than the guy who's the main character and meant to be the
0: badass character Literally, to be fair, if Fennec was in charge, if you, took, if you got rid of Boba Fett and put Fennec in charge of Tatooine, she'd have the whole thing, like, solved in days. Yeah! See? She, she was more...
1: It's, it's a part, again, part of the problem, is that you got Fennec, you've got Mando, and you've got a few others as interesting side characters, who are more interesting, <laughs> in this show, more interesting and more badass than Boba Fett, with the title <laughs> character, and I think that is my main gripe yep. with the show, that you have side characters who are more interesting than the title character. His name is in the title. <laughs> he's barely in the show. And you have other <laughs> characters who are more interesting. Like literally, when Fennec takes out the syndicate leaders and the people who betrayed them, that was such a badass ruthless scene. Mm-hmm. And that was what I was hoping from Bobber. And then Just she, the whole... And oh, give, and me, she, give me that, but like, stretch through a whole season. Yeah. I think I've got... Uh, I think I said somewhere I'd give it a five or six. I think, on reflection, I, I'm giving it a four or a five. Ooh. It 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 was okay. It was I held up. Musky.
0: Why do you feel we're gonna go that low? It was
1: held up. I think by those couple of Mando episodes, but I think they should have been in their own season. It had a yeah. good, it had its good moments. When it was good, they were really good. There were we got a glimpse of the Boba we had in Mando, where he was a bit. He was ruthless. He was using all of his weapons, his tactics. It's, his rocket knee, his rocket, his jetpack rocket. His he wasted that. Yeah, but we had that glimpse of how awesome he could be, and they nerfed him so hard. Mm. It, was, I mean, it was just such a disappointment, and I don't, I don't think they did his character justice. It's nothing. No, I think Tamara, Morrison did, he plays the character well. I just think, unfortunately, it
0: wasn't the best writing or directing. Well, Tamura Morrison himself came out and said that he sort of kept his helmet on and said less. It,
1: that's the thing. Why did he keep taking his helmet off? <laughs> Every other scene, he was without his helmet. And he looks so much more... Old? No, no. I was going to say, when he's got the helmet on, he looks much Oh, he much looks so more, much better. Much yeah. Better. Not to say that Tomorrow Morrison looks bad, but no, the No, no offence to Tamora Morrison. The whole part of the character is he is this masked... Badass, Badass, yeah. And it just, I I felt very, it it, had been hyped up, and I think I expected almost too much from it, and unfortunately, I don't think it delivered on what I'd hoped. Mm. Yeah, God, blimey, that was quite quite a rant. Yep. (laughs) Oh, I have strong feelings, Thomas. Thomas. Very strong feelings. Sorry, I have very strong feelings, Thomas. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I felt like I needed to get them off my chest. Probably whiskey helped. <laughs> I can imagine. Um, Any books that you are planning to read
0: as we begin to wrap up? Well, without looking at the massive pile over by the bookshelf in the corner, what we're planning to read, well, I've just come across a book, forget the name of the author, but it's called um, Van- The Vampire Empire or something like that. And that's very interesting. So I might give that, give that a go. Hmm. Or there's a book series by... I will get up and research this. Hold on. It's in the other room. It might be Rob J. Hayes, but don't quote me on that. But he's written a load of books inspired by medieval Japan rather than medieval Europe. Interesting. Oh, well, that sounds quite up both our alleys. Exactly. So um, give me one second. Yes, it is Rob J. Hayes. Yes, I got it right. Yeah, so these, these are some of the covers. Okay, that looks pretty cool. But Yeah. Can't wait to give some of those a try. And they're all standalone books. Oh. Characters, there might be references to each book, and there might be characters that appear in multiple books, but they're all standalone. But each story sounds so interesting. There's either a marketing person out there who's written a really good blurb for each book, or they just aren't really going really gonna to be interesting and I can't wait to read them. Nice. That's
1: good. Well, I've got a... There's a new book by... Uh... William McRaven, who... Course. your course. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's releasing... Admiral, a new, Admiral, Admiral William McRaven. To his full title. Uh, yeah, he's recently re- released a new book, so I'm definitely going to be um, reading that. I think it's called The Hero Code, which sounds quite quite good. Oh, that sounds so
0: pretentious, I'm sorry. No,
1: no, I, probably interests me. But no, one I really kind of want to read is the next in the... Can follow. No, it's the... Next in the Poppy War series. Oh, yeah. I would really
0: like to read that one. I've I think talked you, to you've, someone you've recently. still got to read it, haven't you? I've still got to so read maybe it. it's can, over there. Maybe but you're both. I was talking to someone recently who said they'd like the Poppy War. Oh, I remember who it was. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it is. A, it's such an interesting, interesting fantasy yeah. book because it's so different from other ones. And again, it's, it's, been, it's been a little while since I read
1: the first one. Not, I think it's been a few months now, quite a few months,
0: maybe half a year
1: at least. I don't. I don't think I want to leave it too much long before I read the next one. So maybe, before the next episode, we could both try and read that, so we have something to discuss. So I'm quite eager to read that one. Do you have a copy? Uh, I'll have to borrow yours. I think. So mm. I have to read
0: opinion.
1: it first. Oh, I could still read it first. <laughs> Tom's eye, so Tom's, I say
0: no. But um, let's be honest, Henry. I, I. I don't think you'll be. I think I'll finish
1: it first. Probably, but. Yes, so we'll keep that one in mind. Hopefully, discuss that next episode. Um, But yes, some fantastic whiskies. They were so good, weren't they? they? Very tasty, very good for some English whiskies. Um, I was
0: wandering around this um, proper fancy um, liquor store, so I say, in Dartmouth, and I was looking around, and all these whiskies very overpriced. Like, Tullamore Dew was there for, like, 60 quid. I was like... What? Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? Do they know what... Like, it's a lovely whiskey, but not, not not, not worth that. Anyway, so I saw this on a shelf by by itself. On a shelf by itself. And I was like, oh, it's a local whiskey. So I'll pick this up and we can try it. And actually, for some random local whiskey I picked up, really good.
1: Yeah, absolutely delicious. Each and every one of them. I would... I Yeah, I would easily have any of these again. Yes, I think... I, I still can't pick between the ex bourbon and the So, No, me neither. they my, they're my toss, toss I think up I'm between. leaning
0: towards the ex bourbon. Interesting.
1: Mm. But I'll have to them both again just to be sure. Just be sure. Well, next time you're there, pick pick us up a few more. Maybe pick us up a full bottle. <laughs> if you can. But no, good. So, yes, so we've got a few books to read next time. We've got our rants and bants about uh, Boba Fett out of the way. Yep. <laughs> um, and we've had some delicious whiskies. Well, oh, Tom, thank you very much for joining thank me. Thank you very much, Henry. See you
0: guys next time. See you next time.